Okay, we're back. Oh god. Yeah. Wait, I was no, I was oh. I was going to do something funny and I didn't have time to prep. Oh jeez, I had my I had my video game hat on. I didn't have my I didn't have my show oh, hat on. Uh-oh. Oh man, I wish I had known. Anyway, welcome. <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing. Welcome back to another episode of Twitching Upstream. Uh literally my favorite show that comes out on Tuesdays, and that's because the book of uh, 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 Boba Fett comes out on Wednesdays and nothing else is on currently. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you know us, uh, then you know that we are some nobodies. We have a website again, <laughs> some nobodies.com. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, some amazing shows, one of which is called Talking of Stream, uh, and that was the first show that we did visually. <laughs> I was gonna say yes. it was our first award winning show, but that's not true. That's not true, it's that's one not of true. Them. Our first award-winning show is Silicon Angels, which is an amazing mm -hmm. show, and I definitely suggest checking out that show. Um, but anyway, Talking Upstream is a show where Dylan and I, we find some of our favorite creators of podcasts, movies, uh, board games, uh, writing styles, uh, plastic or foamy hats that you can wear uh, and look great doing it. But anyway, we find our favorite creators, and then we interview them. We ask them what their process is, what makes them create, what fuels their fire uh, for content creation. Is that is that your podcast hat? That's my Stormy Cromer. Yeah. Oh, shout, wait, out, no, that's, shout out to them. That's somebody not, else's hat. That's what? Simon's hat. That's oh, Simon. right. Yes, yeah. you're right. Uh, anyway. He so let we me have, have 40, it for a minute. <laughs> we have 42 episodes of Talking Upstream. You can go check that out over our YouTube <laughs> channel. Uh, what we wanted to do, instead of just keep pitching ideas over and over and over again, which we can do. We can, and we will, trust me. Uh, mm -hmm. We wanted to find uh, the coolest ideas and then really work on them and actually like uh, maybe do something with them. So we decided to do a live show weekly, uh, fill it up on Twitch. So in case anybody wants to help out at any time, if you have a suggestion on where the story's going, uh, what we should be doing or anything that we should be talking about, Throw it in the comments. Uh, before we get going on the content creation part, uh, obviously we always have something to chat about while people show up in the in the chats and show up in the streams and everything everywhere. Um, and uh, uh, so I talked to my friend Dylan for a second. Uh, Mr. Dylan. What's up? How are you, sir? I'm fine. Fine. I will not say any more about why I have that answer right now. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm intrigued. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll find out later and, and right. I'll definitely tweet about it. Uh, so find us All on right. Twitter uh, at <laughs> some nobodies and I will tweet about what Dylan's problem is. But as always, <laughs> you can always text Dylan and find out for yourself. So feel free to do that. Um, now we do. Because of the project we've been working on, uh, we've been working on a project that we're we're for all intents and purposes, really, we're just calling uh, Blue, Blue Shoe Nick. Blue Shoe Nick. Aha. I finally found you guys on Ooh. Twitch. One step closer to deleting Facebook, uh, oh. which which is fine. Uh, I don't know who Blue Shoe Nick is, but that's okay. I'm going to say it's friend and family of the show's uh, Nick. 
Nick with blue shoes on. Nick with blue uh, shoes. He knows who he is. Anyway, um, so the, the project we're working on, we actually developed on the show Talking Upstream with one of our favorite um, people. People. He is a people. Yeah, faces, uh, mouths. I'm gonna say one of my favorite mouths of all the mouths that I know. Uh, I have like three favorites, and this is one of the three favorites of all um, the podcasters I know. He is certainly one of them. He is definitely a podcaster, and he is of a mouth. Uh, so please, <laughs> producers, welcome to the show, Mr. Michael Colby. Uh, who? Uh, oh my gosh, the mouth got a haircut. Uh, I'm gonna request. That you never say that I'm one of your favorite mouths again. Yeah. No. <laughs> Something one of our uh, favorite mouths always says. Just like when you request <laughs> off at work and the manager says, that's only a request. <laughs> You're not going to get it. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome to show favorite mouth uh, of some mm. new buddies, uh, mm. Michael Colby, who helped us create the the, the thing we're going to work on. But before we get to that, epi- uh, to, to that project, I did want to talk to you guys about something nerve related that I'm not going to read a full synopsis of. I'm just going to talk to you about it, if that's OK. And the, the, the topic I want to talk about today uh, for some news bodies <laughs> <laughs> to keep him yeah i like it i think i'm fine with it um uh, blue shoe nick says it's correct it is him it is a friend and family of the show nick with the blue shoes yeah um, i love that so, guy yeah he's a great he's a great one of the nicks uh also a good mouth um <laughs> i actually can't back that up really um anyway so what i want to talk to you guys today about is uh sequels and, you know, we, we are people that create a lot of content. We're, we're people that, uh, especially Dylan and I, we, we, we like to write stories and write shows. And then when it gets to the point of going back into the same universes, you got to think about the things that make a good sequel. Some nerd bodies. That's not bad either. I'm okay with that too. Uh, that's what today's is. There's no news okay. today. Uh, nerd bodies. And... Now, I wanted to ask you guys what your favorite sequels are and if it's uh, what about them makes them such a good sequel. Because most of the time when you think about sequels of movies, they're almost all bad. Disney sequels, all bad. Most sequels, all bad. Now, there's a couple sequels that people will say, these are my favorite sequels, you know. And there are two that I was going to talk about today, but I want to see what your guys are uh, before I get into mine, which I think are pretty obvious. Hmm. Michael Colby. Yeah. Uh, my favorite sequel is escape from LA. Oh, okay. (laughs) Now I, I love escape from New York, but escape from LA is so fun. And I, I love the snake Pliskin character. I like the idea of what happens in those movies. I just, I really like those escape movies now see that that brings up one of the the things i was going to talk about where in a sequel one of the things that you can do is you can kind of take the same story and just put put it in different spots you know instead mm-hmm. of escape from la now you're escape from new york uh etc etc uh now dylan what what's your i mean for topic's sake right now uh what's your favorite sequel i i think i agree with what blue shoe nick is saying i think hellboy 2 golden army yeah <laughs> like it's not it's not great cinema, but Del to- uh, Guillermo del Toro has such a vision, mm-hmm. and when you combine it with Hellboy's just kind of just setting in general, yeah, it's I now, just think it's really fun. Yeah, now when you have a comic book, you know, movie or something that's based on you know other concepts, it's a little bit easier to do sequels mm-hmm. because there's a lot of stories you can go into. You don't need a beginning or an end necessarily. But one of the two sequels, what, or I guess, sorry, real quick, I just want to point out. The sequel, the sequel I want to acknowledge is Pocahontas 2, 
Journey to a New World. And I only want to say that because we're talking about sequels that are bad. And <laughs> this movie... What is this bit? Is about It's about Pocahontas <laughs> going to England and they civilize her. It's insane. And I just wanted to point out that this was a movie that was released on DVD for children to watch. Where like they take her there. They make her hair European. They put her in a big bald gown dress and she doesn't die of smallpox. And I'm like, it, of all the movies to not need a sequel and all of the bad sequels to possibly turn from concept into actual product, I think Pocahontas 2 takes the cake on sequel. That is just the biggest, like, what the fuck? That's another, <laughs> that's another problem I have with yep. those 90s Disney <laughs> movies is yeah. that they all got straight to video sequels and they're all just terrible. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, except for a couple like Cin- all right, now this is not a joke, but Cinderella 3 is actually a pretty good <laughs> and a pretty solid movie. Cinderella 2, absolute garbage. And, and that's not a joke. And, and I hope anyone watching could back me up on that. But Cinderella 3, pretty solid movie. Um, now, but what I want to talk about, like two of the, 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 the sequels that I think people say are the best sequels, right? Uh, Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, and also T2, Terminator. And I was wondering why of all movies, those are the sequels that, you know, really stuck with people. And I really tried to break down what it is sequels should do. And because you kind of have to do a thing where you create something new while also making it feel familiar. And while doing some research, it turns out that, you know, when George Lucas was doing Empire Strikes Back, one of the things that he wanted to do, you know, he's a big fan of poetry, likes how things rhyme. But one of the things he wanted to do was he wanted to completely just flip the movie upside down. And if you think about it, it's pretty interesting how he did that, where if you look at Star Wars A New Hope, the very last scene is the big dogfight, the big battle scene, where he put that in the very front of the next movie. And instead of making it, you know, in the sky and in space, he put it on ground. So you start the movie in an action sequence, then you get to the emotion, where in Star Wars, you start with the emotion and then you get to the action, which is pretty interesting. And in the whole second movie, everything is, you know, flipped upside down, where, you know, you have uh, the Empire actually winning in the second movie, where in the first movie they, they lost. And it, it, it's pretty interesting. And then when thinking about that kind of concept, Terminator 2 kind of popped in my head where it's kind of the same thing, where you take the idea of what you're doing, but you just completely flip it. Where in the first one, Terminator is the bad guy. In the second one, he's a good guy. He says the same line, so you feel the same thing, but they're done by different people, and it has a different kind of feel to it. In the first one, you know, Sarah Connors needs help, and in the second one, she's the one doing the helping, while still saying the same lines, and I thought that was interesting, and I think that's a reason that a lot of sequels fail, is because either the writer is just trying to mimic how the first things go, and I think that's why the Star Wars sequels don't do a good job. Because whereas every Star Wars, to me, seems the ones that George Lucas did, and some of them are bad, and I'll give you that, but every single one is aggressively different. He had different settings, he had different machines, different droids. But until we get to A Force Awakens, where then we see the exact same thing again, where it doesn't rhyme anymore as much as it's just a facsimile. So I was wondering, um, you know, how you guys think they're going to move ahead, you know, because since like the Marvel sequels are all coming out soon, like it's easy to do an origin story, you know, like a Shang-Chi origin story, super easy. Uh, but to do a follow up to, to give fans something that they can, you know, hang out with. Now, Michael, I know that I don't I don't know if Haunted Apartment Complex is necessarily a sequel, but 
when going back to like a second season of something, which I guess is really a sequel, um, is it's there things... sort of a sequel? I never thought of it that way, but yeah. it's sort of a sequel. Yes. Now, is there things that you keep in mind when trying to keep the same feel or do you just let it organically come out and just say, this is what I think the characters would do? Well, what we did when we were thinking about the new season was we we said, all right, we got a list of the characters and said, all right, these characters need to be sort of the same. And then let's flip like some of these like secondary and tertiary characters. Let's just flip them. And now like this guy is nice or this guy and then just let it go from there. Just like let the ideas come naturally after you know giving a base you know a base of how that character should act and then just like let it flow from there yeah and it's not i've never really thought about like the idea of a sequel like like kind of putting people in the same frame of mind to me it's always been well what would the characters do next but that's not exactly what you should be doing unless you know for a fact that your audience loves those characters. But if the audience likes the story, then creating a sequel is a little bit of a tougher idea. You know, Dylan and I, we're actually currently in the middle of doing two or three different sequels. Uh, we're doing, you know, season two of Silicon Angels. Uh, we're, we're starting to do uh, season two of Create Your Own Pod Venture. Um, we're kind of working on season two of Podcast Podcast, the podcast show. Um <laughs> I like saying that, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's, a fun, it's a fun show to say. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to find, but it's fun to say. <laughs> very difficult to find. Really stupid joke that did not pay off very well. Um, <laughs> but you can find all that on our website. Uh, Blue Shoe Nick says, also going to throw out there that I think Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness are arguably better than their uh, progeny. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, well, I Army of just... Darkness 2 is almost a remake. Army not... of Darkness. Evil Dead 2 is sort of a remake. I yeah. I watched them all this year for Halloween. Um, one is much better than I remembered. Um, I'm also going to throw aliens out there. I was going to say, I expected yeah. one of the two for you, Zach, to be aliens. Just because... Yeah, it... Because <laughs> it, when you said Terminator 2, it automatically... Because it took like a, almost a horror movie yep. and turned it into an action movie. That, so James and... Cameron did very well two times within like three years of each other. Yeah. yeah. And um Evil Dead 2 is sort of the same way. It it took that stuff mm. and like added a, a different added a different element yeah. to what they it, already had. I kind of look at the Evil Dead and <laughs> the um uh the Road Warrior universes as the same. Hmm. Whereas like there was the original which is really cool and then they're like I'm just going to redo this and make it slightly better and then it's like now I'm going to do a sequel that's crazy uh yeah. so i I, yeah. I think that i think that's cool and, and you know thinking about sequels I, I i don't know if people take enough time to think about it um because popular you know uh, opinion is that most sequels are just garbage and yeah you know, but when when a good when a sequel is good it's like really good like i think yeah. i think coming up with a really good sequel is more impressive than coming up with like sort of a an original idea yeah mm -hmm. i agree i mean because we are living proof that anyone can come up with ideas we can come up with a lot of really really cool interesting ideas and we might even be able to 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 pull off 
any of them and make them cool. But to get the same vibe again uh, is is something that is just interesting. And um, yeah, so I just put a lot of thought on that. Uh, if, you, if you're listening or, or watching along, let me know what your favorite sequel is. Uh, throw it in the comments, throw it in the chats. Let me know. I, I'm interested in how people think about sequels. And if you do know Silicon Angels, um, where do you think that should go for season two? Because that's interesting. Um, yeah, so I want uh, more. I want more of the old guy in season two yeah i forget what his name is oh wilford wilford he wilford wilford will be back uh without without a doubt Um, i'm so happy (laughs) yeah yeah um and he signed up up for that long warranty we gotta let him serve it out oh my god he spent so much money Um, he spent so much money so much money i think he he just fed that thing food until it rotted in her stomach yeah i think he had to take out another credit card uh to to get something else (laughs) anyway um okay so let's get into what we do with this show uh that's enough of my uh some some nerd bodies uh uh bits um yeah for some reason this week this week is what you're saying what's that slow news week on the nerd front no i just didn't want to hear any feedback about me uh reading too much (laughs) talking too much um i mean boba fett continues to be the worst show worst part of his own show he he might Uh, make a cameo this this episode this year yeah. This season, this, this Peacemaker episode. is better than it has any right to be, and the soundtrack <laughs> is fantastic. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, whose line is it anyway? Is on HBO Max for streaming. What? Yeah. yeah, first eight seasons that were on ABC Family. You can go watch. All right. Them. Oh, oh, I tell you what, shit. if you guys are looking for a really cool show to watch on Netflix, it's called Murderville, and it's yes. a, a Will Arnett show where <laughs> he plays this homicide oh, detective. I'm saving that for this. when I'm in, um, on my weekend in an altered state nice and they have like this whole they have this whole season set up but the actor of of each week doesn't have a script or doesn't know what's going on they just have to roll with the improv uh and try to solve a murder it's pretty interesting murderville six episodes if you want a fun murder show if you didn't watch uh only murders in the building it's fantastic Mm -hmm. yeah all right this show is about content creation Dylan's going to tell us uh, what we're working on, where we left off, and what we're going to get done with the rest of this episode. Yeah, sure. Okay. Let me make the screen go really different. Whoa. Magic. Magic What about our faces? Oh, they're still there. Our faces are so small. I can make your face big if you want, Michael. Don't worry. No, please don't. Okay. No, you can. That's fine. (laughs) Nah. So, uh, on episode 31 of Talking Upstream, which you can go listen to on pretty much any platform, uh, I don't know what name... The production company is going by now because they change it a lot. But in the day, it was named after a large computer company. Anyway, uh, on episode 31, we had Michael Colby and yeah, Jack what, Billings. What is on. the name of that now? It was Pod TV. Then it changed. It was to... IBM TV. Then Pod TV. Now Too Much TV. No Truth Enough TV. Snoop 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 Watch Snoop Watch Snoop Watchers. Watch. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh that anyway uh i think ep- that's what you're gonna change some nobody's name to right snoop, snoop watch, watch. Snoop, snoop nobody's yeah. you'll never guess where dylan was spotted this week <laughs> uh so um, on snoop watch snoop watch it's just oh, it's back on, in his on car go. with binoculars does Owen, that mean you're a snoop on to go oh yeah on to go o-n-d-g-o on to go Oh man, we're going to have to change that because it turns out it's some sort of term that already existed. Whatever. Anyway, probably, it sounds a little racist too. So you don't probably don't want to call your thing. No, that. you want to get robots your news can't be on the go. <laughs> they don't watch the show. I did the old uh, Pepsi thing. You see that? It was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, episode 31 of Talking Upstream, which was our show where we uh, kind of spun out ideas and tried to turn them into outlines. We had Michael Colby down there and his uh, buddy Jack Billings doing his absolute best to derail the conversation, as he does. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. But the idea we pitched them was a magician disappears a volunteer during the middle of their show and then dies on stage and can't bring him back. What then? <clears throat> and it wound up being this kind of strange, like, kind of heist. We, we had the original idea of making it a heist, but it heist? was about... Yeah. Yeah. Soul heist. Right. Um, and so we had this fun thing of like Alistair the Amazing was a magician who was trying to get revenge on a cop on a dirty cop, and the dirty cop knew it and so swapped places with the victim. And then the victim's partner had to team up with Alistair's group of magician heisters or vigilante magicians of some sort and get the under undeserving spirit out of hell. Hell heist. Hell heist. Yeah. And so we are one episode into this kind of series. And we this is the development doc on that side of the screen. Because uh, we use Google Docs, it's easy to share, it's easy to collaborate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <clears throat> so this was the original outline. It takes place in present day, copied something bad. It's the story I outlined. We see that hell is a massive bureaucracy, stuff like that. We decided that this was probably best as a movie length or at least a one shot story anymore if you say a movie i think that it's very possible to spin that out into a limited series like a bbc style three episode four and a half hour complete thing or a six hour whatever but it's going to be done it's and complete and it's over yeah we split it up into three acts because the three act structure is very very uh kind of integral to human storytelling yeah we did it that way because we're hacks and because yeah. we're basic hashtag <laughs> uh the act one what we had done so far main character and the partner go to a magic show the partner gets sent to hell and alistair dies it was a group they were going on a date they were on like the boardwalk someone approaches and gives them two free tickets to a magic show cool they go into the magic show uh, the ticket that the main character has gets called. They're not so into magic, so they get they give it to their partner. And like, hey, you're really into magic. You go up on stage. I'm not. I don't like. I'm not a fan of being in front of crowds or something. You know, give them a lame excuse because the main character is kind of a schlub. Yeah. Uh, partner goes up on stage. Alistair is like, yeah, bye. <laughs> uh, vanishes them. Dies of a heart attack. Shows over. Yeah. Uh, Die. nobody knows where the partner <laughs> went <laughs> oh kills it every time uh main character like kind of does some investigating it's like i haven't heard from so-and-so did they ghost me like was this their elaborate way of getting out of a bad date uh realizes you know their their safety contact or whatever you know their best their bestie who they called to be like i'm going on a date with this weird guy whatever uh calls him and is like hey what did you have you seen so-and-so and they're like Oh, they're actually gone. Um, and then it's like, oh, I should go to the cops. Goes to the cops, talks to the bad cop unknowingly. Bad cop buries the story. Main character's like, I should hunt down maybe this, like, maybe there's someone at the funeral who can talk to him about it. Goes to, the Alist goes to Alistair's funeral, meets a group of magicians, realizes that he was part of a vigilante magician coven mm -hmm. uh, who sent bad people. And Alistair's specialty... Oh yeah, he's our hell guy. 
yeah. he sends the marks to hell and it's like what and then they realize that the partner was a mistake and just kind of an innocent person who wasn't supposed to be involved so they're like all right buddy we'll get your we'll get your your girlfriend back or whatever and he's like well she's not but okay and that's kind of act one that's what we had outlined yeah um we have act two involves and we hadn't done a whole lot of development on this but the main character learns a minor magical ritual from alistair's books because we need the main character michael had the idea that the main character should contribute in some way to the mysticism mm -hmm. or at least have something to do whether they can perform yeah. magic or whether whether they can perform magic or whether they have a really good grasp on theory <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah they're, they're we, the definitely, we definitely yeah. need our main character to do something because we're guess. sick yeah they got to be there <laughs> uh we talked about potentially kidnapping the cop to see if they could exchange the soul for the partner and it goes badly or they don't manage to do it like that's the red herring plot is like we're gonna kidnap a cop and trade them yeah um so one of the things that uh you know when we were talking to people and talking upstream one of the things they do once they have like the basic concept and a couple of the characters they hop to the end and they try to figure out how the ending should be to get the most successful ending and then kind of bridge you know the the beginning to that now what what do you guys think would make the most successful ending to the story where we just have you know a first date couple uh some random magic uh i guess a hell heist and what what would be a successful ending to that would the main character become a magician like and having and having to keep oh like the magician is like the in the movie the santa claus where like <laughs> Whoever the person who takes him out now has to keep sending souls to hell until they have a heart attack. Um, I'm sorry, Michael, what were you saying? I'm a big fan of a of an ending and then like no follow-up. So oh, like don't like not allude to a sequel. Yeah, I say we get I I also really like the humor of the kidnapping going wrong. So they just have to, like, steal this person and run out of hell. So I like the idea of them getting out of hell with this person and then movies over. Like, no, like, oh, and then this person became, then these two got married or whatever. Like, it's just, that's the end of the adventure. Yeah, I'm, I'm into the main character not becoming, um, <laughs> like, a Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, kind of like I'm in. I'm into the main character not knowing, not ending the movie super like proficient in magic. I think um, <clears throat> the the example that comes to mind most recently of that trope is the movie Guns Akimbo with Daniel Radcliffe, it's where it's yeah, it's not bad. It, it tries <laughs> it tries really hard and it mostly lands the mark. Um, but one thing that I really dislike about movies like that is that your main character starts off with zero relevant skills and over the course of the movies 48 hours at the end of the movie they're like i'm going to continue hunting down this crime gang i'm yeah. a master gunfighter now Hell and a yeah. tracker and it's like yeah. you're not though you're a troll but fighter he's got like, guns for hands not not at the end of that movie but you know what i mean like i don't i don't like i don't like the main character leveling up yeah i got you from level one to level 15 yeah. in the span of a single 90 minute movie. I don't, it, I, I prefer Michael's kind of thing where it just kind of like, we got him out. You want to, Hey, like, 
sorry that happened. Like, give me, an, you want to give me another chance? Like, I promise this time, all right, no what more about magic this? shows. And yeah, then that's, she's just uh, like, no, I'm never going out with you again. Movie's over. Oh. <laughs> okay, what about, okay, that's not bad. What I like about, that too. What about we spend the majority of the movie building the team, uh, having to talk these this people into going to hell, having to kidnap people to possibly swap the, the souls, um, but it turns out hell's cool and they like it and <laughs> and like they want to just hang out there and uh it, it's it's pleasant <laughs> i also love that i usually don't like your ideas zach but i, I, know. I like that one <laughs> yeah i thought about this one long and hard <laughs> um but yeah That's uh, what, what wait. she said what did, what did blue shoe nick say uh he said i enjoyed guns of kimbo <sighs> but mostly for, <laughs> for the rest of uh i i don't remember I don't... who he played I don't get that reference, actually. Oh, uh, he's the homeless. He's the homeless crazy guy. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like a, I like a good uh, in the know <laughs> homeless character. That no, no homeless. <laughs> no, that's not funny. Like the guy in uh, Home Alone. Right. Yeah. He's not homeless. Guy in Home Is Alone. he? It's no, Jesus. The, the, he lives in the no, church. He's talking about the lady in the part two. Or the lady in oh. part two. Yeah. It's oh, been okay. probably 30 years since I've seen a Home Alone movie. <laughs> yeah, well, the first one's worth it. Uh, all right. So yeah. what, where do you think we should get to the end? Well, I, I think that maybe we should go with Dylan's ending. I think that's kind of cool. <clears throat> where where they get the partner out of hell. Um, everybody parts ways. MC casually, jokingly asks partner... <laughs> Yeah. So what's Wanna second date? Want to try again? No magic yeah. shows. No hell. Partner says hell no. <laughs> partner says hell no. <laughs> movie. Ends. Ooh, that's the name of the movie, and then you get the hell titular no. line as the last line of the movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, so the movie's called Hell No. The no subtitle is, but why not? <laughs> no way in hell. Uh, no way in hell. Uh, no way in hell is part good. two when hell freezes over. Uh, so then the second movie is the partner trying to freeze hell over to get a second date. No, we reverse it. Main character gets kidnapped by Satan in the second one, and partner has to be like, "I don't owe you anything." And it's because like, of the kidnapping. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We got to get and we got to get to heaven. Yeah, let's not worry about. He has to break into heaven to get his. Got to break back. into. We got to break into heaven. <laughs> um. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Uh, so that, I, I think hell. that's a good ending where they succeed and partner, the 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 romantic partner is like, I am not interested. Yeah. I'm exercising yeah. my agency and leaving this movie on my own terms. Yeah. That was terrible. That was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it was all your stupid fault. when like they finally get the partner the 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 date from hell and they go, man, that was crazy. Like, so what do you think about magic now? And the main character's like, no, I still fucking hate magic. And they go, well, then we can't be together. <laughs> It'll never work. Um, this, is, this is never going to work. Yeah, it's never, it's never going to work. It's never going to work out. It, um, it, it would also be fun if the main character was complaining the entire movie about, you know, having to rescue this person, like oh, going yeah. through all this trouble to rescue this person that they went on one date with. Yeah. Like they, they get, they get the right amount of people and they go, you don't even need me to go get her. What are you doing? <laughs> and then I go, we don't even know what she looks like. We don't <laughs> even know what her name is. You need to come there. And yeah. it's like, Oh God, I just, I'm look, I'm, I thought, Oh uh, yeah. yeah I and thought then you after were all that, that, then the partner's the one who doesn't want to. Yeah. Go out again. It's like, so am I, uh, <laughs> 
am I worthy of a second date? <laughs> you know, it's like they lost an arm and they're all like burn up and everything. And like, no, <laughs> hell no, yeah, hell no. Okay, so what does that mean for Act Two then? So Act Two, we kind of have what? What are your? What are your? Um, the beats. Uh, your beat sheet. So let's look at the beat sheet down here that I copy and pasted from our deadbeat discussion. <clears throat> so nine beats. Each one has kind of a title and what it involves. So we've yep. got the inciting incident. It introduces the antagonist. The antagonist in this is more a force than an entity. <clears throat> like you, you talk. We talk about the antagonist being hell. Sure. Uh, so yeah, there we go. The debate. The heart. We intro the meet cute Trinity in a nightclub. The world opens up for the main character. Debate could be when he meets the. It's when he meets the characters at the funeral. <clears throat> they're they're the heart. Maybe there's one character we can make one of the magicians like the one who's kind of a soft like goes soft on him. Where it's like, hey, listen, we've all been doing this a long time, and we need to remember not everybody has our experience. And they're the one who kind of like tutors the main character, and they're the one who's not a complete and total jackass, like stuff like that. Sure. We'll figure that out later. Plot point one, the true beginning of the story, a moment of conflict pushing into act two. This could be where we show the partner in hell at the desk. And it's like, all right, fill out this box of forms because hell's a bureaucracy. Yeah. Or, you know, we do something along those lines and we introduce a support character. Uh, could be another magician. Could be the cop. We couldn't require was, the cop to get into hell. Some in I was kind of thinking that once our team gets to hell, they would recognize somebody else in hell that they know and recruit them to be like that. Uh, how do we get around here? There's so many floors in this stupid sure. building. I mean, there um, are only nine levels, so like just take the elevator. But Alistair, <laughs> Alistair's in hell. Oh, that's, yeah, that's good actually. Oh Alistair yeah, a lot. Yeah, she meets up with Alistair. I'm a, I'm. I am. All, I'm projecting these as like a man and a woman. I don't know if that's no. I, what we'll I think stick it was. With. I think it was two women. It was. Oh, it was two women. We had talked yeah. about casting. I don't remember what yeah. they were, but you're right. Um. Yeah, I like Kristen the idea. Stewart and uh, the the other one that I can never remember her name. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. No. No. From from Fast and the Furious. Oh, like uh, girl, uh, girl Gadot. No. From Lost. From Lost. Oh, uh, Evangeline from Resident Lily? Evil, the first one, Mila Jovovich. No. no, oh god, <laughs> the one who's a worse actor in that movie than Mila Jovovich. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez, Rodriguez. Michelle yep. Rodriguez. <laughs> and then the yeah. best friend, the best friend of Michelle Rodriguez is uh, Justin Long. Yes, cool. okay, <laughs> okay, I'm sure. into all that. Uh, but the plot point one is when they're like, we're breaking into hell. It's like, what? Cut to act two. Act two has a pinch. We focus on the central conflict and we usher the story forward. You have your midpoint death and rebirth. This is where something significantly goes wrong. And it forces the main character to change and actively turn around. It's where you have an antagonist moment. It's where you have a heart moment. Um, this is when, oh man. That's, that's I, not the decision to go to hell to save her. I don't think so. No, this is probably when the plan to kidnap the cop goes badly. And they're like, we we can't... Oh, no. I Yeah, okay. Plot point one is probably deciding we got to get the cop's soul in exchange yeah. for her soul. Cool. This is when the cop plan goes wrong. Either they the cop escapes 
or dies and they lose the they lose out on getting the soul <clears throat> something like that oh Potentially. um I, yeah i almost like them like going to the cop's house and him having like a loving family and then them still having to like kidnap the cop to take his soul and i go oh my god like what are, what are we even doing i don't yeah. even know this girl yeah <laughs> yeah you're, you're into that that's weird <laughs> i don't know sorry i'm i've got some stuff yeah i don't love i don't love having a cop with a loving family i don't think that tracks <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> not these days okay anyway so uh <laughs> not to well, get political on uh some nobodies <laughs> oh yeah heaven forbid um i had to restrain myself right there okay so um <laughs> midpoint death and rebirth is when you have that difficulty the character really has to get back up from. And it usually results in the lowest point in the movie because it's also the point where the movie turns around where you're down then you get back up. Um, and because afterwards you have the pinch, the second pinch, which is where it reveals the remaining emotional and physical challenges. Maybe they get to hell and they realize something, you know, there's something there. There's a secondary challenge that they have to overcome emotionally between the characters because you have the supporting character have another moment where they are presented with a moment to change. So that could be Alistair's moment to change or something along those lines. Yeah. yeah the second plot point, point of no return for the new, for the character. They get a new weapon, they get strength, they get knowledge. This is when Neo... No, it's probably not when Neo resurrects. That's closer to the end of the third act. But this is like when he accepts that he's the one and he knows Kung Fu and he goes... He, this is when he like rescues uh, uh, Morpheus. <laughs> spoilers i don't remember the Matrix i don't think you remember all. that movie very well dylan either. no i don't think so no all right but uh it's when he it's when he gets the it's when the chef truck starts like to get popular um <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers for john favreau movies the matrix oh the chef oh. truck yeah what it's are you when talking black about widow, it's when black widow dies and, oh. and hawkeye has to get the gem of soul or some shit yeah something like yeah. that uh and then we have the resurrection where they use the tools from the plot point the second one they choose a second death and rebirth but they choose it so it's on their own terms and they come back more powerful and then they return to the people with their gifts at the end the heart has their ultimate conclusion reflecting the change which is the heart the partner re realizing this person's no good for me i'm not interested Supporting character recognizes might implement their change or they might not. Jamie Lannister might go back to King's Landing. Uh, <laughs> See, that um, reference I, feel, I understand. <laughs> I kind of feel like the team up and the getting to hell is all of the second act. I feel like okay. getting out of hell should be just the third act. Cool. Um, I, I think that that might help us out a little bit. Um, kind of hitting some of these points. Yeah. Do you? Right? Do you think so, about that? Yeah. yeah, I think the end of the second act is them getting into hell. I think the second act is the is the meat of the movie. Yeah. I don't think yeah. we spend too much time in hell. Okay, no. Cool. Uh, I, don't also have that like, I, I also like the idea of like a lot of preparation, a lot of uh, you know, like, hey, we have to make sure we get this and get this, and then we have to go over here and we have to go to this spot and you know, blah blah blah. And then it's just so much easier than they think to get into hell. Yeah, you know what I mean, like there's a lot of things like we need this book. We got to get this blood of this thing. We got to make sure we do all this stuff. And then like at one point they're like, no, you can just go through that door like right there. 
It's like, oh, yeah. okay. and I like a getting the band back together instead of a getting the band together in the first place thing. Oh, okay. So, so maybe they... the movie, maybe the magicians like all know each other and they have had to do this before. <laughs> and it's like, God damn, we, yeah, we promised the, we would but never they, do this. They swore the last time that that was yeah. the only time they were going to do that. And it's like, you know, we're going to need wondrous will. And it's like, no. Yeah, even There's if it is no just way. one of them that that like is really really against it. Yeah, so. and they've been trying to get that other partner to back together for a while. Yeah, and they go, hey, this is the this is what we need. I like that. So then we kind of hop into another movie where it's like these old <laughs> magicians trying to do one last heist. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. I mean, a red I mean, type. What's that? A red type. Oh movie. yeah, real red two type. Yeah, we're we're getting into <laughs> red territory. Like I need what to if... see John Malkovich with that stupid face on. Like, <laughs> what, let's uh, get Bruce he's... Willis in this movie. <laughs> what if finding the what if finding the partner is literally as easy as just walking down the line to get to yeah. the desk, and they're like, "Hey, Allison," <laughs> and and she's still waiting in line, and it's like, "No." <laughs> Come up and, or, and so we don't spend a whole lot of time in hell. We just get to the waiting room. Yeah, I, I, I also kind of like the idea of like uh, the one, you know, the, the one who got sent to hell is in the waiting room. And when they get there, they just rush right through the waiting room into hell, start looking around for. Her, and she's just oh. been in the very beginning the whole time. And they go, God damn it, where is she? And like, I don't know how long has she been here? And I go, she got here six hours ago. Well, yeah. She's probably still in the waiting room. Like, yeah. you're there for years. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, where's the waiting room? It's like, that's the first room. You just came, like, you, like, you had sign. to go through there. <laughs> it's like, oh. But you got to go all the way around, though. It's like, a, it's it's awful down here. So we're embracing the silliness is what we're saying. I think on some level. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, in that case, we need a different type of conflict for act two because of getting into hell and finding the partner is that easy i think we need yeah. something to well, justify that i think, I, think, I, think I, I really i really like that big build up like the getting the band back together and this yeah. is a task yeah like, i like this that. is yeah. a thing and, that they and have let's to say get like this. and let's say the the magician that they need the last magician they need who promised that they would never do this again like maybe uh, it's because like their wife is in hell or something like that or, or whatever. And they go, no, I, I just, I will not do that again. You know, I think there's like a big thing with getting those people together, uh, alluding to that terrible story of, uh, of what happened. It's like, what, what happened? It's like, we don't, we don't talk yeah. about it. And it's like, and then, then maybe they allude to like, you have to swap a soul to get, to get a soul mm -hmm. out of there. And it's like, yeah. so what happened with you guys? And it's like, it's not our story to tell. Mm-hmm. It's a story for another time. You'll have plenty of questions. You'll have plenty of questions for M Magic Mike. Mike. <laughs> Magic <laughs> no Mark. relation. Magic Mark. We'll get <laughs> to change his We'll name. get to all of those answers in the sequel. Yeah, right. <laughs> a prequel. We do uh, a prequel. Yeah. So I like. So I. I think that the beginning should be a quick date. The quickly swiftly gets into the magic thing mm -hmm. right uh they get sent to yep. hell within the first 10 minutes yep uh yep. then there's a weird conversation of like oh my god you guys know each other like not really uh well you should go to the funeral it's like what and you know then for some reason at the funeral which i think is like what 15 20 minutes in mm -hmm. um 
that's when there's like this, mm-hmm. this shadowy magician people in the very back and you know as they're walking out the mag- the magicians are like aren't you wondering why we're here and she's like no i i don't care i don't and it's like we heard someone got banished to hell this hasn't happened in like you know 40 some years yeah or something like that and she's like uh, okay wh- what do you guys know it's like listen if you want us to get her out we can do it but we need we trust me it's gonna be difficult and she's like fine i yeah it's like well are you just gonna leave your friend down there it's like no fine what what do we gotta do it's like yeah and they gotta like run errands with these, mm-hmm. <laughs> these magicians yeah <laughs> and it's like I, oh we I do like the idea of the magicians kind of like tossing the line at her where it's like, yeah. we could never, but you're never <laughs> going to leave your friend down there. Right. Yeah, yeah. We promised we would never do this again, but your friend is in hell. And we, I guess the only people who can help you are the ones who knew Alistair. Like, like, look, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure if she's in hell. I think she just, there's no way I, that Alistair yeah. sent her anyway or other yep. than hell. He's our That's his guy. thing. Yeah. Why are you guys acting like magic is real? We're at a funeral. You don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. And why are you dressed like this? Like these are our formal robes. I'm like, ah. yeah. That's <laughs> what Alistair would have wanted. Yeah. <laughs> he was very insane. Like, oh, actually, Alistair's funeral is in the very next room anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. So who who plays Alistair? Because I think that it should be John Lithgow. I was thinking Clancy Brown. Oh god! Oh, both of those are really good. I I, I figure I, Alistair takes himself very seriously and paints himself as a very sinister figure. And I think Clancy. Brown oh, I was well. thinking. Okay, how about this? <laughs> the one that they need to get the the one that they need to get is Clancy Brown. Yeah, but I do love like I can see John Lithgow <laughs> just like <laughs> chewing up that scene yeah. where he where he like disappears the girl for the first time yeah yeah i like that uh i i I like that i think that's cool and then when they finally meet clancy brown like he looks and sounds like Uh, satanic like everything about it is just awful and dark and but he's not he's a really nice guy yeah he looks and sounds like clancy brown yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah uh and so they have to they, they have to find him um and they have to maybe go find something they need to bring to him it's like hey we can't just show up there uh without the the oak the oakens no so i think i think a lot of the first part of the second act is getting the gang together and doesn't take long and then they go to clancy brown and they're like they tell the uh, main character like he's gonna say no he's gonna ask you for something it's gonna take a lot to get him back in the game they had that moment and clancy brown is like yes but to get a soul out of hell requires a soul and that's where they embark on kidnapping the cop and that's how a lot of the second act is them trying to kidnap this cop in order to trade it for her, like the other. Okay, the so the soul. cop, the cop heist is is the big part of the second act, not getting the band back together. I I thought so. Um, I I, I guess we'll I run can kind of see we'll run into a pacing pacing weirdness. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of see it always. I I do think. I guess getting to Clancy Brown wouldn't take that long. And then finding, you know, because the second act is only like half an hour if we think about it, right? No. So we have uh, we have the conversation about uh, Clancy Brown. We have the getting to Clancy Brown. Uh, we have um, the conversation, uh, you know, there. And then we have, uh, I guess, choosing the soul to to bring. 
and then finding the cop like that that feels like roughly about a half an hour right but usually usually the way it's divided in a 90 minute movie is that the first act is about 20 to 25 minutes the second act is about 40 minutes it's the it's the majority of the movie and then yep. the third act is like 25 again the second act is always the meat of the movie yeah, I well, like third act is usually the shortest. So I, think I like that... a, I like a short third act here. I think okay. getting that like once they get into hell, getting out of hell, like getting in and out of hell is so easy that it's like comical. Yeah, and it also keeps the pace moving. Okay, so I have a couple ideas of of conflict. Uh, one, the reason Clancy Brown's character doesn't want to do this is because maybe he had to swap somebody before right so mm -hmm. he, they obviously could run into that person my other conflict is instead of say they trade the cop for the the partner that went to hell one of the magicians took the cop's soul and traded it for one of their loved ones so they're they're left soulless oh. so now they're down there like well how do we do this without a soul and then they have to like maybe talk one of themselves into staying in hell in but they don't need because that's that's because if they get to hell at the end of Act Two, that's like an Act Three twist, which I'm fine oh. with. I'm just saying, pacing wise, like that would need to take place at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I was just trying to put something yeah weird into it. Oh, and it is the Clancy Brown character, the one who didn't want to do it in the first place. Yeah, who has so to the, stay? Do, do they succeed hell. on getting the cop soul? Yeah, yes. I do like them succeeding in getting the soul and then yeah. losing it for a different reason. Yeah, yeah. I like that too. And then maybe not even really needing it, but it's just how these magicians think that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just I I do like a, a big build up and a big like plan mm -hmm. that they have to do a thing, and then it's as easy as you know, I, I can see like the the Clancy Brown, the big character, like just slinging her over his shoulder and running away. <laughs> yeah, and then when they, they get can... to hell, like the the Clancy Brown character and the Alistair character, um, like they could fight about something, and that could be the reason that one of their partners or like their uh, assistant or whatever was actually, you know, disappeared the Ooh. last time. <clears throat> maybe, um, maybe, maybe our hmm. maybe our main character makes the decision. That's our that's our like growing point is that the main character makes the decision that they're going to trade themselves because they think it's their fault for the partner being in hell. And then Clancy Brown just grabs her and throws her over her shoulder and they all escape. Yeah, I like that. Just super easy. It's like, we're just going to get out of here. Yeah, we're just going to uh, get right, out. So like, you Blue, don't have Blue to do Nick. that. I'm just going to grab her and we're leaving. Yeah. yeah. Blue Shoe Nick says, uh, I was away to eat dinner. Has this turned into a Marxist propaganda yet? Because I see an opportunity. <laughs> well, I mean, the opportunity, Michael Colby's here. So it, it, could, it could turn that route any second. Nick, you know me too well. It yeah. got very close. <laughs> it, it did. He was asking some weird questions a second ago. Um, Talking about theory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, comrades, I, I'm just here to say. <laughs> okay, so I, I think that the, I think that the outline of this is pretty good. Like the you know, get getting the magician, finding the magician, uh, getting the cop's soul, getting into hell. Um, there is that little bit of maybe fight uh between Clancy Brown and Alistair. Maybe Alistair's the one that steals the cop's soul, and they're like, Well, what do we do now? 
and then you know he tries to trade it for his own. Yeah, he's oh, like, yeah, I want to trade this good. for me. It's like you can't do that. And it's like, no, I'm gonna, no, I want to trade this this soul for me. Um, and then maybe, <laughs> maybe put me maybe, back maybe. in my big, lovable, insane John so, Lithgow body. <laughs> yeah, maybe Clancy Brown's character is like. Uh, you know, you don't need to trade souls. I didn't know why you guys wanted to do that anyway. <laughs> and they're like, well, and the the our magicians are like, well, Alistair said you had to trade souls. He's like, no, that's not what you do. You literally just <laughs> Alistair take says stuff. Don't yeah. take him seriously. <laughs> and then, and like, no, you don't need to do that. And it's like, well, then why so, didn't you tell us that in the beginning? Well, nobody asked me. It's like I thought the soul was part of the gang. And look, I don't want to be here. I said that from the beginning. <laughs> It's like, look, all you wanted was her. Well, let's just go. I, I, I yeah, I like it. it. Wait, can I, you just leave? I haven't processed. They haven't processed my paperwork yet. I haven't clocked I out leave? yet. We haven't processed your paperwork yet. I do like can a nice Clancy Brown, but also a gruff Clancy Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like an. I like just a kind of an ignorant Clancy Brown, like that just kind of gets mad that you other people assumed something. Yeah. yeah. It's like, look, you didn't ask. I'm sorry, you didn't ask yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Of course, Alistair tells you everything. So I, I think that's cool because I think the chunk of that would be the middle part, which is getting Clancy Brown, talking him into doing this, learning a little bit about their backstory enough that like, you know, that there's some tension there and maybe mm -hmm. this is why he doesn't want to do it. Choosing the cop, I guess somehow finding out the original person. I don't know how we're going to do that. Yeah. Um, but I guess maybe that's what our main character does. Maybe our main character is like a private investigator or something. Well, I was kind of thinking that, like, since Alistair doesn't know the person that he's sending to hell, yeah. I would assume that maybe like a mob person, like, is the assistant, and they hand him a number, and they're like, yeah. "Hey, I'll call number fifty-five," and they and they're the ones who put the right person in the right seat. So, and then maybe if Alistair mistake he did a mistake earlier, and that was his old magician's assistant who was maybe Clancy Brown's twin brother or partner or something. And that's why Clancy doesn't want to go to hell because now Alistair's down there and he doesn't want to see that piece of shit anymore. I like the idea that Alistair does this as a side hustle for the mob or it's yeah. like Alistair's a hell guy, but he also takes a lot of contract work with, and maybe this was a contract job that went wrong. And now, we, Oh yeah. Then we can have like the organized crime angle yeah. poke in at one or two points where it's like, the magicians versus the mafia and yeah you do fun stuff with that yeah my goodness we that. are getting into mini series territory now hey, a little bit gotta, well we we can condense this this is a trilogy trust me <laughs> no. we don't want to we don't want to rush through i mean magicians versus mobsters that's not something i want to rush through no you're right we'll we'll note that down for talking for uh, yeah. talking upstream <laughs> All right, cool. I think that's a good place to stop for right now. Uh, oh. What we, uh, I'm not sure how much notes we've taken, but uh, what do you? Uh, I don't know if we actually got anything done this episode. Yeah, we did. Uh, oh, we did. Yeah. Okay, good. I think so. All right, I think right, so. so. Next week we're going to obviously dive back into this and really flush out all of Act Two, which seems like the meat of this thing. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of maybe having the kind of movie. Um, where it starts somewhere and then you follow another movie and then you follow another movie for a little bit, you know, so it starts out as like this weird uh, date fiasco that turns into a uh, get the gang together, which turns into a uh, maybe a murder mystery to kill this cop, I guess, to get his soul, yeah. which turns into just a balls out hell comedy um, with John Lithgow and Clancy Brown. So I like all that. So I think what we should really focus on next week is getting act two 
together, uh, making sure that that is exciting and uh, we'll follow more of a, a little, structure. A little That's confusing now that, as now well. that we can kind of know what what the general progression is, we can start plugging stuff in. Yeah, because I think you're right. I think that I think Act One and Act Three should be very very fast. I think yeah. Act Two should really just confuse the audience as to what they're trying to do and where we're going to get. Um, so I think that's interesting. And then there's also a, a, the, the chance of a magicians versus mafia thing, which I don't think has ever been done before. So there we go. That's a um, side side cool. Yeah, I just I just really I just really 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 like a big build up to something that ends up. Like, I'll tell you my favorite joke later because it's very long. There was but, like, I, I love a long-ass joke with very little payoff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's no better way to do that than I'll tell you a joke later. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. honestly, as of right now, I don't even care anymore. No, it's building up already. I can feel yeah. the tension. For Dylan, yeah. uh, okay, so... I'll tell um... it next week. I'll open up next week okay. with with this terrible terrible very joke. very long terrible it's so joke. long <laughs> yeah it's about frozen grapes and nails and a duck and it's no just it, so, it so actually long. makes a lot of sense but yeah. it's just very long it's about you go to a restaurant there's steak, i hate money and problems a burger and then there's a hot dog and then there's <laughs> beer and then there's wine and then there's fruit drink yeah there is fruit drink actually oh, okay you're right about that <laughs> i think <laughs> I, yeah uh, Blue Shoot Nick says, is there a place for purgatory to be a domineering form of bureaucracy that keeps the working class from from know how great hell can be? Um, oh, so the bureaucracy is purgatory. Yeah. And then if we actually would get to hell. Oh, OK. Because it yeah, doesn't yeah. make sense that hell is a bad place. Purgatory never... is just the line into the club. Yeah, I just cannot figure out why hell be bad. If the devil's bad and he digs sin, you'd think that place would just be like hopping uh, at all times. You know, like Chuck E. Cheese in the 80s, not the 90s, not the 2000s. Yeah, Pizza uh, Rat or, cas Casino. Yeah. yeah. Showbiz, uh, okay, so yeah, tune thing. in next week where we're going to flesh out Act 2 uh, and keep this thing going. And uh, I, I like this thing. I think this is a really cool project that we're working on. I, I, I like it a lot. Um, so... Michael Colby, thank you very much for hanging out as always. You look great, and I appreciate your mouth, as I said earlier. Uh, why don't you let people find out where they can see that mouth move? Well, you can't see my mouth move much anymore. Um, it's the mostly just flat. you can hear it. You can hear you can it feel, moving. You can feel um, it in the ears. You can feel it moving <laughs> on uh, Generation Clash, a music podcast I do with my kid. Um, yeah, uh, Cardi B was last week and next episode is voltaire um we got i love this terrible game which is a video game show where we talk about video games and uh jack billings presents haunted Com haunted apartment complex which you alluded to earlier uh this week our episode is a banger uh guest starring zach wiseman as the ghost of adam lynch the reading ohio butt stabber <laughs> uh zach does a phenomenal performance the episode was written by me so it is hilarious and <laughs> yep. um yeah it's just it it really is a good one it has kevin train moxley who is my absolute favorite one of my favorite people uh real stand-up comedian um he's a he's, he's a, a great Real stand He's a great uh, character as Jack's brother, uh, Kevin Train Moxley. Oh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a really, really good episode. 
I'm barely in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So go check out uh, Michael Colby and all of his friends over at those places, especially check me out over there. Cause that'd be great. Eventually you can check out Dylan over there. And why wouldn't you do that? Um, you can listen to us, uh, all the cool things that Dylan writes and some of the things that I say, and a lot of things Dylan talks about at some of our shows like Silicon angels, uh, podcast, podcast, a podcast show, uh, create your own pod venture, which is one of the coolest things that uh, I've ever been a part of, which is great. Um, but yeah, go to some nobodies.com if you want to see what we're doing and while we're doing it. Uh, but special thanks to some people who really help us out and make the show keep going. Uh, and if you would like to uh, have, be on this list, please go over to patreon.com backslash some nobodies, such as uh, Tanya Sheck, Sarah Tkachik. We also have Red Flanagan, who's a superstar, one of the newer members over there. Uh, you can get certain things on the Patreon, like hand-drawn pictures by me mm-hmm. uh, with Dylan writing what the uh, what the synopsis is. You can also see uh, very weird shows that we are too scared to publish, uh, like this chess improv uh, comedy thing that we tried to pull off, which... I'm embarrassed though, but if you want to see that, you can go check I need that to out over I, I haven't watched them since we made them. Yeah, I I'm not. I it was fun to make. Oh, it was very fun to <laughs> think about making too. Uh, Patreon but, exclusive for a reason. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but part yeah, of that is that we're so much, to reach uh, out. Yeah, we put we put all our garbage on Patreon too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nothing but Patreon.com backslash Jack Billings. <laughs> but super duper special special thank you goes out to Dylan Terry, my absolute best friend. Uh, the only reason I talk is to make that guy smile. So I appreciate you, uh, Dylan. Do you have anything to say to anyone paying attention? No. <laughs> all right. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, drink some water out there, guys. And uh, until next time, I've been Zach. He's been Dylan, and you've been great. Have a great day. Wait, no, wait. I have. Thank <laughs> you.